RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio. Okay, it's the Monday after the Friday that we found out uh, this coalition government had, uh, well, organised themselves off to the Governor-General today, and I guess it's all going to be the real business from the end of today. Rodney Hyde joins me here at RCR this Monday morning to chat about this. How are you feeling, Rodney? Absolutely great. I've always uh, been disappointed with my experience of democracy. I've never, I've always supported it, but never been treated particularly well by it. Um, but, oh, my goodness, I just love these coalition agreements. Um, I still don't understand them fully, and I read them and learn a bit more each time I read them. Um, I just think they're fantastic. Um, I think all three parties should be extremely proud. I was very disappointed with the length of time it took. Uh, it yeah. seemed to me to be disastrous. Um, I was very disappointed with them squabbling over <clears throat> who should be Deputy Prime Minister. But these agreements, in terms of policy, are fantastic. In many ways, it looks to me as though there hasn't been so much as a murder, a, a merger as a hostile takeover by Acton New Zealand First of National. Yeah. But on reflection, every person that voted National would agree with every one of these policies. Yeah. So it's just that national's a bit more middle of the road. So if I'm a national party voter, I think I'd be pleased because it's just made the national party more national. These are fantastic documents, in particular for the things that have concerned myself and the listeners of uh, Radley Czech Radio. There's going to be now proper COVID inquiry uh, undertaken in public. I hope they'll be open to the public to make submissions and their submissions be public. Would have to be, wouldn't it? Have to be. If they achieve that, um, it's going to be huge because you can't deny the testimony of people that have been injured by the vaccine, the testimony of people who have been destroyed by the mandates, uh, the testimony of uh, experts in the field of why the whole thing was piffle. Um, Just the ending of bad government policy, you know, literally screeching to a halt, uh, declared not to be happening. Um, And then, of course, sports. We're going to ban men from women's sports. How fantastic is that? Get rid of the ideology in the schools. Open the schools up, charter schools and more choice. Look, I, I have never been this excited by politics. Yeah, it's almost like it's too good to be true, Rodney. You, you know, it um, is because you tend to want to be critical yeah. um, of our politicians because there's much to have been critical about. But I think this is the most. This is an extraordinary moment in New Zealand's political history because we have been on a long slide, and this is a reversal. The slide didn't start with Jacinda Ardern. It accelerated r- rapidly and we fell off a cliff. But this is this is clawing our way back up, not clawing our way back up, jumping up. Um, and all we have to do now is make sure these agreements are delivered on. And that will happen, first of all, because we've got Reality Check Radio harping on about it, but also because each of these areas have an interest group that are vitally concerned about it, and they will keep the politicians honest. It's going to be fantastic. Here's a here's a question. Uh, I'm not, you know, trying to beat the drum or anything like that, but, it, I mean, it's a, it's an interesting thing to consider. Um, w- I, my gut is that we, we move the needle, that's us, you and me and our radio station and our listeners, but I don't know by how much. Definitely. 
Um, I think the freedom parties uh, moved the needle by campaigning and, you know, using the election as a public platform. I think there's a lot of interest groups like Family First and Save Women Sports um, uh, shifted the needle. All the uh, people that we've had uh, waxing uh, on COVID have shifted the needle. All of that's come together, but the platform of Rally Check Radio has made a huge difference. Why? Because it's joined people together. It's made a community. And um, we've been very lucky. I never thought I'd say this, but we've been very lucky to have Winston Peters positioned as he was. Yeah. Because he was able to go to the protest, to step outside. It was almost like the ducks were lining up then. The ducks were lining up then. He he was not committed um, by being in Parliament to the narrative. He went to the protest. He, I think, genuinely was moved by the stories he heard and saw the votes. And I was sceptical because, you know, politician, he's a politician. I thought he'll campaign on it and not deliver it. Oh, my goodness, he's delivered. And he's delivered a lot more than that, too. And um, he's gathered up the interest groups and he's seen the power of Rally Check Radio. Of all the politicians, he has seen that. And he has used that and he has delivered on that. So full marks to him. Yeah, the um, inquiry is, uh, a, a lot of us are hot about that. I mean, all the other things are there and are great, too. But that is a biggie for many of us. And the way it's worded on first brush is that, you know, there's a list of things that includes efficacy is there, but not harm. But that could come from an examination of efficacy. So we still have to be mindful of the wording and the devil will be in the detail, won't it? Oh, yes, always. But I wouldn't worry too much because if you're having a public inquiry, um, the key thing in the terms of reference is to say, and any other matters, you know, relating to the primary objective. So what would happen is if you have uh, in the inquiry, you have people presenting and describing how they've been harmed by the jolly jab, yeah. that can't be ignored. That's why it's so critical to have it in public and wide-ranging terms of references, including a catch-all clause like, you know, and any other matters um, relating to the COVID response. Um, if you allow people their five minutes, so the idea would be uh, people can submit and they can ask to be heard and they get five or ten minutes to present, which is recorded in public unless the person submitting doesn't want to be in public. They have the opportunity to present privately. Now, if they present in public and they, they do two things, one is they have a written submission and then what they say orally, that has to that's captured. And how bizarre would it be if you have case after case, as we know, of people that are injured by the vaccine and then the inquiry is silent on it. The important thing is to get the platform and the recognition of what's happened here. Because as soon as you get that, the public acknowledgement, um, then I think the necessary reforms will come hard on the heels. And indeed, uh, compensation for these people who were had their lives ended and, and destroyed by government mandate. 
by government dictate. How shocking is that? Yeah. It was interesting to see how the, uh, maybe you were paying attention to that. I'd be surprised if you weren't. I certainly was. How, how again, the mainstream media digested what happened on Friday, what they've been saying over the weekend. And uh, don't know about you, but my distinct impression is a lot of them didn't see this coming, which I find remarkable. It's just incredible. We had Tova O'Brien saying she didn't see Labour losing. And um, no one that she knew thought that they would lose. And you just realise they live in an utter bubble away from the rest of us. And likewise, um, they didn't appreciate what the political parties had done, which was pick up the mood of the public. Yeah, And we do have an elite in New Zealand. We have this blob, this bureaucratic blob in Wellington. And these power elites... Um, and then the media are a part of it, and they all blob away together, and they're a distinct minority. And yet because they talk to each other, they spend all this time together, they think they speak um, with the authority of New Zealand. Well, we had an election, and we found out they did. The best bit was when Winston Peters said, you've mm-hmm. lost. You know, the media yeah. did lose because they backed the horse, shockingly. The sooner the legacy media die, the freer will will be. Well, there'll be something, there'll be a consequence from oh, this yes. in that oh, area, yes. surely, because we know that business is tough for many of them now. Losses are big, but you, you put that layer on top with the 41% now um, um, who, who, don't, who, who are the only ones left trusting, well, only 41% trusting, the rest don't. I mean, it's not a good space to be in. No. And the lolly will dry up now unless National decides to say, hey, we might set up national media and they'll start singing our song. But the money will dry up and they will fold. And so they should because they're no longer they're no longer producing a product, anything remotely called journalism. It's just an advocacy board sheet. Um I, I can't stand it. I've not watched TV or radio, listened to radio for years. I used to Same. be an avid reader, yep. avid news hound. Every hour I'd have the radio on to catch the latest. I'd be reading the newspapers. I loved it when the internet came out. Now I I, I don't even bother because you're just <laughs> getting some hacks, ignorant view of the world, and they hector us telling us what to think. And I have to say the greatest thing that's happened ahead of all of this is is reality check radio because it's sort of like freeing your thoughts and your mind yeah. because we've been able to speak and communicate and listen to each other and I think open up the political debate which has made these coalition agreements possible. And they've only, they've only come out of the blue to the mainstream media because they haven't been listening to Reality Check Radio. These are all the things that Reality Check Radio has been banging on about since its inception and building community support for, because people have listened to the argument and says, yeah, I get that. Yeah, I don't think the other, again, not crowing here, it's it's just really interesting to think about because they've only been around since March. I don't think any of the other media organisations can say that they shifted the needle in any way. You know, I mean, no. mainstream media didn't. They went backwards. There's a few other competitors that I don't think they did. So, yeah, just saying, you know. 
Oh, oh no, I agree. I agree. And we shifted the needle on the issues again because yeah, as you just described them, exactly what, those ones. What it's issue? like a royal flush. In it's poker a, or something, isn't it? It's, I, 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 I have never been associated with sex before. It's likely to go to my head. Um, <laughs> but all the things that we have been discussing appear like magic in the coalition agreements. There's got to be something more going on, Rodney. You know, no. the, star, the stars have aligned. Something's happened. Yes. Yes, I think... Um, it's too good, think, isn't it? <laughs> Otherwise, <laughs> well, enjoy it. No, know? I am. I am. And I'm... and um, it's literally. I mean, a good sense. thing. There's something. Something good has happened. Is really what. Yes, I'm it's saying. transformational. I'm just laughing. Imagine it. You've been on the tit at uh, one of these big, rich, fat Maori corporations, and you've been on the stuff. You're a bureaucrat who who's been telling everyone how to use Maori language. You are gone. You are gone. And Boy, some heads are going to explode here. Dealing oh, with explode. And, I mean, you think of all the government departments and the schools, and they write to you in a childish way in this pidgin English, you know, liberally sprinkled with Maori words. So it's neither an English communication or a Maori communication. And it's sort of sad and pathetic. But the interesting well, thing is, they're not going to can do it. They're not supposed to do it anymore. They can't do it anymore. The interesting thing told. is, though, that's coming from, in this case, if you're looking at the leadership here, two men who have Maori, you know, fucker papa. It's it's. I know. It's, it's not like Mr. Whitey telling you what to do. You know, no, it's not Chris Luxon saying you you can't do this Maori stuff, and we're gonna we're we're gonna have one one law for all. But, of course, both men realise that identity politics is a dead end that ends in violence. Yep. And they have arrested it. And they have arrested it possibly not a moment too soon because this is dangerous stuff, uh, very dangerous stuff, when something you can't do anything about, uh, the, the, the racial identity of your birth dictates uh, your entitlement and the law as it applies to you. Um, they have reversed that in one stroke. And as you say, government departments have built this up over years and years and years and years, and it's been erased overnight. And they'll be running around getting new letterhead and all sorts of things. Yeah. <laughs> I, I tell you what will be great is there are briefings prepared to the incoming minister. Oh, they'll and be I, re retyping those, will they? Oh, that will be, Reformatting. They, well, retyping, I don't think they'll be getting the twink out, uh, but they'll be busy on their word processes because they're going to have to go back and delete, delete, retype, delete. Yeah. retype those briefings in light of these coalition agreements. And it's so fundamental to what they have. Well, there's done. a lot of work there then to be done in a very short time. There's a lot <laughs> be, of work to be, be done. scrambling right now, probably. Yeah, because when the minister's sworn in, that needs to be dropped on their desk. Um, also, they're talking about a mini-budget, which um, rings the uh, economic alarm bells a bit, does it? That Obviously, things um, need attention now is what that tells us, does it? Yes. Uh, I guess what they're doing is 
they're wanting to stamp their authority in their direction. I think it's a good move. Um, you know, you'd call it an, a, an election post-election budget rather than a mini-budget in the sense of if you're a government and you're having a mini-budget, circumstances had changed. Right. What's changed is the direction of the country. And uh, what they'll be wanting to do is open the books, explain everything to New Zealanders, say, here's our situation, here's the direction we're going to take. Got a feeling it won't be that rosy. No. And they're doing it ahead of, ahead of you know, the normal budget cycle to get us into the right headspace. We have had the worst government ever. You really? So we can say that, do you think? Oh, gosh, yes. I can't. By, by, how, by how far? Never long, come, never come close. Never come <laughs> close. Because normally we've had governments that have done economic stuff that's crazy. You know, Muldoon in the dying days or um, um, Norman Kirk's government, 72, 75, where they spent like drains and set stuff up that was crazy. But this government cut deep into what it is to be a New Zealanders. They made us afraid. They made it made us afraid to think our thoughts because we'd be declared racist. Um, that they abandoned the concept of our very freedoms that we have always cherished. They did away with the idea that the color of your skin didn't matter; rather, the content of your character did. All that was done away with. Uh, they rewarded criminals and crime, and punished hardworking people. They had in our schools programs to encourage young children to change their sex. They must be gone as those programs now. Yes. And if a parent stepped in to try and stop it, they were guilty of a crime. This this has been a terrible government because it's cut so deep into who we are culturally and socially, you know, it it would be unheard of to think that free speech would be gone in New Zealand, that you'd be scared of your government, that you'd be scared of speaking out. Think of how many teachers and how many employees and lawyers and other professionals have had to bite their tongue because they're scared of their government. They've been chilled. Chilled. Um, Mm. And, of course, what they've done to our children uh, with the lockdowns and then with the uh, education and the propaganda that they've received on the treaty, on our history, um, on this, uh, on just whether they're a boy or a girl, is truly, truly shocking. And so, yes, it's a, it's the worst government we've ever had in, in a country. Yeah, mind. but Rodney, we've got um, probably 40-some uh, percent hardcore who still think they were fantastic that Jacinda was um, a beautiful person and that she really cared. And if we only had more leaders like her, we'd be, you know, be way better off. So there's, we, how far have we actually come? Or is it that obviously this is a process of unbundling? I think about that a lot. And I think it's leadership. And I think there are people who are naturally uh, Labour voters and there are people that are naturally centre-right voters. And we don't think about it particularly hard. But we take on we take on board, particularly if we're of the left or American liberals, we take on board what our party is saying and believe it because we're deeply tribal. And I think the Labour Party has been taken over 
by extreme ideological lefties. Maoists. Extreme. If you look at yes. the if you look at the back. Story. Yes, a- absolutely, and the left have gone along with it. If there hadn't have been that, because they've been paid off. All the institutions and NGOs yes. and and yes. uh, you know associated parties have been they've they've you follow the money right follow the money and and everyone's gone in lockstep because this is their tribe and so quite reasonable people are going along saying oh yeah no if you choose to be a boy you know that's a, or choose to be a girl that's well okay. people always say well you know there is people with there are people with gender dysphoria what that's they don't right. realize is you can count them on one hand. Yes, and so they go along, they went along with the narrative, just like good centre-right voters would go along, whether um, it's Ruth Richardson or Bill Birch, you know, to wildly different uh, political um, ministers of finance, but you'd go along with them because it's your tribe. But what we've had is an extreme takeover of the Labour Party, and I hope that one of the things this government does is expose it, expose expose what has happened, allow us to debate it and, and discuss it, because then it will never happen again. We had that with Sir Robert Muldoon, whereby the new government came in and exposed the folly of his final economic Remember they policies. did the, the big uh, economic summit in Parliament? Yes. We yes. could do something... Along that, because people got to hear what's happened, right? They've got to. They've got to hear, just like with COVID. Yeah. You know, we've got to hear what's happened. We've got to hear what what happened with, um, how it came to be. That Jelly, Jay Keen, to just pick a, an example, could come to New Zealand. And be labelled essentially a Nazi. Yeah. And be shut down by the political and media leadership in New Zealand. How could that come to be that that could happen? How could it come to be that little eight-year-olds and nine-year-olds and ten-year-olds sitting in school are having explained to them that, no, they're not a girl, they identify as a girl? Yeah, and how could it be that Jesse Mulligan's spinning the immunization wheel and giving away prizes in car parks for people getting jabs? I mean, this has got to all be talked about and and put up front. Yes. Do you think do you think um I don't wish bad things on people, but you know, if you've done something wrong, you need to feel the heat. Do you think people are going to start feeling the heat now? Yes, yes, I who, do. Who might have thought that, hey, we 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 shimmied past that one okay. Yes, I do. And I and I believe it is because there is such a strong communities of resistance that have developed and formed bonds with each other. And I mean, think of the strong community that built around the vaccine harms and the vaccine mandates and the lockdowns. Well, there's similar strong communities about sex education. Yep. There's similar strong communities about what's happened in sport and um, so on and so forth. And we have Radley Check Radio build those communities and keep the debate alive. And on top of that, people will no longer feel afraid to speak out. Yeah, say, there's a certain permission that comes with... Absolutely. Cathartic, a cathartic. Um, Can you imagine you've been a school teacher and you've bided your time and you haven't been able to say, this is yeah. disgusting, right? 
Well, what are you going to do in the staff room on Monday? Well, you're not going to hold. feel that you might have to hold back so much no. anymore. And I think you might find there's a surprising number of people that think, thank God, I feel the same way. It's it's that liberal. And funny enough, now that you mention it, we felt the same way in 1984, didn't we? Yeah, that we'd thrown something off. Something that had become oppressive. Yeah. And had been there too long. And I felt it was like replacing a... a, a a World War II generation of political leaders with a bunch of university-trained um, univer- um, university uh, politicians that were 20 years younger. Yep. And it was so refreshing, and they made you believe that we could succeed in the world and not have a fortress New Zealand. And I feel this, and it was liberating. It was intoxicating to be alive. It was like the Berlin Wall coming down here in New Zealand. And it was especially so if you were younger. And I feel the same thing is going to happen here, particularly amongst our young, because they're going to be given the, the what's the, what's the word, the permission, permission yep. to speak. And they permission have... to speak, sir. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I just um, love it. Um, the the just to end on the one thing that really, really got me actually because it, I thought it was the most um, unlikely in the mainstream of of items over the line in that deal, and that was at least the reservation on the. December 1st deadline of the International Health Regulations WHO. I really didn't think we would get there. And that really, and I know Kirsten Murphy's done some excellent work there, oh. but we've been, you know, let's say banging on. We've been banging on about yes. that since well, day Kirsten, one. Kirsten Murphy's a goddess yep. uh, for what she's achieved. You're absolutely right that I never thought that would happen. And I, I have never seen policies just stopped and reversed or done away with. I mean, things are being repealed. Normally, normally a new government gets on with its own agenda and just accepts all the rubbish that the previous government did. No, it's being undone. The therapeutics act Oh, and that. Act is oh, gone. that's so fantastic. I mean, that act is passed and now it's gone. Yeah. It's going to be unpassed. Boy, yeah, that that's was extraordinary. That's the other, yeah. That's the other one. I'm glad you mentioned that. Yeah, like you say, extraordinary. That never happens. Whew. But I know that they, you see, they that wouldn't have happened without New Zealand First, because I know what's being communicated there over the time on Therapeutic Products yes. um, Act. Also, I know what's being communicated on more recently on the uh, international health regulations. Yes, and. I'm, I'm, I'm telling folk, they would not be over the line if New Zealand First fell under the 5% and didn't get in. We just wouldn't be having them. No, I agree. Also, too, um, you know, there's things that my old party act that I'm not blowing their trumpet because... I know, much, yeah. As just... much I disagree with and are despondent about. Yeah. But things like getting rid of those cult funding for cultural reports for prisoners. Yeah, and criminals no longer you go on about oh well you're married and you had a hard time when you, when you were when you were young, and how about this? They're changing the law because it. I'm not going to call it. I'm going to call it child welfare services, because it's got some unpronounceable 
Omerangi, Tarameraki, whatever. They were having to take little kids and put them only with Maori families. Yeah, put them back in the danger zone. That's gone. Quite often, yeah. That's gone. The okay, well, change well, that. Well, you know what that, I mean? That's, I mean, that's when have we great seen as that? well in the mix, you know? Yeah, and, and so it all has come together. And um, I credit you with a lot of it, Paul, each morning, the people you've had on your show. Same and with you, Rod. You've Rodney. given yeah. them a big platform, New Zealand First, and they have delivered. I never. Every time we've had them on, we've told them, we've told them in a nice way, our listeners expect this. Mm. You know? I have never seen such a delivery from New Zealand First or from ACT. This is a better delivery by ACT than when I was leader and did a, a, a coalition agreement. And I never expected it. I was wrong and I'm elated. (laughs) <laughs> okay. Um, and the sharing of Deputy Prime Minister, um, I, I see that was couched as sort of like some woke co-Deputy Prime Minister kind of arrangement, but I can see why you'd distribute that no, in the I way that it. that's been done. I can see that. I can see why you put the most no. experienced guy up first. I, I don't know. Um, no, no. David Seymour should have been the bigger person. And he should have said, Mr. Peters has had a long experience in politics. You know, he's towards the end of his career. He could touch it in that lo- loving way where you're sort of putting the knife in. Okay. And I'm just, yep. I'm just at my beginning. He can be Deputy Prime Minister for the entire three years. And in return, he could have won another policy win. Um, well, so how, how do you think that would have come together then, from what you know? Who would have wanted that to be that way? Seymour... It must have been a sticking point, as was reported in the legacy media, oh. and that the only way they could re- re- uh, deal with it was to cut it 50-50. Then they would have haggled over who goes first. I think it's the most pathetic thing I've seen. <laughs> and okay. and the idea that the ACT Party leader would be hanging out to be Deputy Prime Minister, it's actually a huge negative for ACT. Yeah, um, it's constraining, isn't it? It's constraining because whenever you're acting as a deputy prime minister, you can only say what Mr. Luxon would say. You can't go off on your own script. Yep. So you, you, you've bought into the National Party. You can't suddenly be prime minister and change direction. of the Yeah, country. but Winston's in that situation as well. Yes. And, and, um, and it's going to be funny because he's both deputy prime minister and foreign minister. So he's presumably going to be outside the country a lot. So then how do we get on if we need a deputy? I suppose we have the deputy's deputy, which would be Mr. Seymour. But um, I just don't like it. I think it shows ACT in a poor light. It shows them more about ego and burnishing your CV um, rather than actually concentrating on delivering for New Zealand. All right. Um, Really interesting situation here. It's exciting. And um, I know from I've seen many comments and people have contacted me and I'm sure... Same for you, um, you know, expressing delight. Actually. Oh, absolutely. We, a relief, absolutely. big time. Yes. Um, and, you know, I've seen that uh, comment people have been making that maybe we actually have our country back now. Well, we hope. Well, funny enough, the next couple of months are vital because everything has to be locked in place by February. Yeah. By the time Parliament comes back in the new year, they'll be up and running. 
And that those, that agreement, they have to be translated into policy, into legislation, into messages, you know, serious to the government departments. All that has to be done by February. Otherwise, the time race has passed. There's a honeymoon period now. There's an opportunity where the government is setting its course rather than having rather than being knocked off course by events. And so you want everything knuckled down. Yes, we've got this agreement. Now we've got to tick all the boxes and make sure it's happening. And it's got to be the government departments have to be stood over so it happens um, when Parliament resumes next year. This is very critical. I was Associate Minister of Education. That department didn't listen to ministers. It was it was its own beast. No one could believe could believe it. it. It was it was so big, so ponderous, so ideological driven that it just did what it was going to do. Uh, there's famous examples of the ministers of education sort of having to hand write policy papers because whatever they asked for wouldn't get done until they wrote it themselves. Um, I fear that all these departments have been um, infested with Jacinda Grant-Robertson little clones who won't listen. So the handbrake, uh, the handbrake is, could be deployed. Absolutely. Yeah. And, 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 and uh, boy, you know, there needs to be a few heads on pikes to deliver the message that there's a new, new government in town. Well, our people won't like that. I'm telling you that. I know. Well, these politicians have to get on top of those departments and have it all in place happening, signed up by the chief executives. Very interesting thing. A minister can sack a chief executive in a heartbeat. Yeah. So you start on your chief executive. Well, why wouldn't you do that? <laughs> why wouldn't you do that? Well, if the chief executive will deliver for you, that's well, perfect. Can, can you actually trust... Any of the old guard. Isn't it better just to, sorry, guys, you know? No, because what happens is uh, the new guy comes in at six months getting his feet under the table. Okay. So you actually want, but and the chief executives tend to be more flexible than their staff. But the chief executive has to be told, this is either happening or you're gone. Yeah. I've seen that done. I've done that with a, with the chief executive. Because I asked him, I said, who can I fire? And they said, oh, actually, the only person you can fire is me. <laughs> I says, well, great. Let's start there. Let's start with you. <laughs> yeah, because okay, – and yeah. so they they, they – and they're very – they can be capable, right? So they have yep. to be the ones who are held to account by the minister to deliver on what has been agreed. Well, Win Winston will know that from experience, won't he? Yes, yes, of course Particularly. Of course. And so it's our job to hold the politicians to account. So they hold the chief executives to account and the chief executives hold their civil servants yep. to account. So they deliver. We look at the delivery and we say it's not happening. We circle back to the politicians and kick butt. Yep. Uh, I see. Okay. So we've got to keep talking about things. We've got to keep the pressure on oh, and we yeah. can't assume that just, um, um, because we've had this this feeling over the weekend that that it's done and dusted. It's just the end of the beginning, really, isn't it? Yes, it's it's or was it the end of the beginning or the start of the beginning? The Battle of Alaman. I can't remember. Yeah, it might have been the start of the beginning or the start of the end of the beginning. <laughs> but don't take away 
this is a glorious thing which will change New Zealand to make it a great place. And I think the population that you talk about will swing in behind it. And I believe the Labour Party have to radically change or die. Yeah, good the point. New mood is going to sweep the country. I can back, back to the working class. Back, back, back to, to the working class. Get get back to talking to people about the things that concern them, not what concerns a book reading club of the <laughs> Maoist internationals. All right, Rodney. Always good to have your view. Um, thank you for coming on this morning and and giving it and. Uh, yeah, well, we'll take what happened on Friday and over the weekend. We'll take that. We'll take it. Absolutely take it. RCR with Paul Brennan. Reality Check Radio.